There was a couple of videos that I've seen on Facebook and also some uh, short article. Uh, and it's about uh, some individuals. In one instance, it's about a, this uh, entrepreneur. Yeah, entrepreneur who, who is very successful. And uh, I think it's a was it a she or he? But the gender doesn't matter really. Uh, what the what the person does is, uh, I think what what he did for the children is that um, every day when the children come back from school, uh, he will ask them, you know, usually what do your children tell you when they come back from school? Our children usually come back and tell us about what they have learned, the, the good things that they have done, the praises that they got from the teacher, right? Yeah. So this father is said to have done it differently. So every day when the child comes back, the father will actually ask the children to share the mistakes that they have done. Yeah. Or the failures that they have encountered. But they don't know what how to do. Yeah. When I read that, I thought, wow, that's very interesting. Probably unheard of in a Chinese society. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the there are a lot of implications, of course. Yeah. Uh, but there are also a lot of reasons why in Asia we don't do that. Yeah. But without going into all the cultural nuances, um, I I thought. Uh, those videos and, and short articles are very interesting because it points to how sometimes in our society uh, we have uh, rather unconsciously we have a, an unforgiving culture yeah. if you do something uh, if you make a mistake in a company uh, you, you are afraid to own up yeah. or uh, in order not to make mistakes, then people don't do anything. <laughs> yeah, Un unless explicitly told. So, uh, what has it got to do with me asking earlier, like, how are you all today? Uh, I don't think anybody wake up in the morning and plan to have a bad day. Uh, and is there anyone who, who wake up in the morning and, and then think to yourself, hmm, today let me have a bad day. <laughs> Anyone? No. Uh, do you all consciously plan to have a good day? Yes. How many of you conscious? And when I say consciously, in front of Buddha and a monk, must say the truth. Huh? <laughs> First of all, have you all consciously in your life, even once is enough, yeah, ever wake up and say, let me have a good day today? How many of you? Raise your hand. Good. How many of you do it like 70% of the time? Uh, okay, from. Yeah, so the, the, the difference between these two questions is if you have done it even just once, you can raise the first time. And even then, not all of us raise our hand. Uh, matter of fact, I don't wake up every day thinking, mm, let me have a good day today. <laughs> but for sure, 
is there anyone who will ever wake up and say, let me have a bad day? Even once? <laughs> let me repeat my question again. <laughs> So no lah. So you don't plan lah. Okay. No, no, not plan. Ah, okay, good. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> this student of mine, Jia Ling, very cute. Yeah. So, uh, while we sometimes plan to have a good day, or Maybe not consciously good day, but if we are doing something, let's say a project or planning for a trip or just going out to get something, we hope to achieve that. You don't go out to buy something hoping that you will not buy it. Very, very unlikely. Lah. Usually if you plan to go and buy it, you want to buy it. Yeah. Uh, so, <clears throat> whether it's having a good day or doing something, uh, we hope to achieve what we want to achieve. Yeah? But sometimes, as Xiaoling mentioned, sometimes we don't achieve it. And sometimes we even know that we are not going to achieve it. Yeah? Sometimes we even know that it's going to be a bad day. Yeah? What they call like, wake up on the wrong side of the day. Yeah? Uh, it only happens if you're paid it's by the by the wall. Wake up. So some people circumvent that by putting their bed in the middle of the room. Both sides again. Yeah. So, but the, the point is that um, sometimes things don't go our way. Yeah. Sometimes uh, we fail in our endeavor. Sometimes we we hope to have a good day. Yeah. Uh, well, most of the time we hope. We may not consciously think in that way, but we all would like to have. But sometimes, no. So sometimes when Sifu asks you, how oh, is everyone today? Yeah, some, there was once or twice. Yeah, of so many classes I conducted, I ask this question every time. Yeah, usually good, or some great, uh, really, you know. But there was once or twice, one student that not so good as <laughs> I thought that was refreshing. When it's not so good, uh, are we still okay? Now, that's the important thing. Because sometimes in life, uh, things don't go so well. Things may go terribly wrong. Uh, I recall many instances where in my life, we, we, we set off to do something, and then things go so terribly wrong. Uh, once before my ordination, my family, we went to Taiwan and we're supposed to meet my master. Yeah. I brought my parents to see my teacher. And somehow, the arrangement was, um, I don't know how it happened, but in any case, we dropped at a stop that required us to walk like really long. <laughs> like maybe half an hour or 45 minutes for a long time. Yeah. And then, uh, when it comes to Dharma, uh, when it comes to Dharma stuff versus Bodhi stuff, 
different people react differently. For my mother, last time when I was a lame person, I tried to get chill her to watch movies. You know? How many of your son chill you to watch movies? How many of you have, have son? Have, or children, children? How many of your children chill you to watch movies? Well, not bad, huh? Well done. Very good. So I was one of those sons also. Well, I'm very pleased to know that, you know? Yeah, not bad. Uh, so, but then my mom is someone who is not so interested when it comes to uh, movies. She'll find all kinds of excuses to like, like sneak her way around. Or when she does turn up, she'll just fall asleep in the city. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. But when it comes to Dharma, wow, she's super on. Yeah, yeah she can go go for weeks of, of puja and everything until she collapses she collapsed with a smile. <laughs> but that day when we were going to see our teacher, even her, such a person, she got frustrated. <laughs> yeah, because the weather was hot and then we were walking and the, the key thing about distances is you must know how much more to go. When you don't know how much more to go it's like forever. Yeah, it feels forever. You know? Expectations. Yeah, so uh, that day, I think everybody's mood, she was the first to blow fuse, but I think the rest were all like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, usually I'll be the one to be the first to blow fuse, you know. Yeah. So, in a way, that day things didn't go well. But if that day we decided to let ourselves be overwhelmed by that, then we may just say, never mind, I'll see your teacher tomorrow. Then we may not get to meet him then. then. Of course, eventually, when I went for my ordination, we may get to meet him. Yeah. Uh, but uh, oftentimes, when it comes to uh, our day to day life or Dharma practices, uh, things don't always go well. Yeah, things don't always go well. Uh, especially so when you try to, uh, if you even dare to say, I shall be a Bodhisattva. Yeah, it is said, many masters have, have uh, expressed this, have said, the moment you want to cultivate, the moment you say you are Bodhisattva, hoa, all kinds of rubbish fly away. <laughs> yeah, a lot of challenges. A lot of challenges, or you, you, without even you saying it out, yeah, in your mind, if you just think, ah, uh, I like to be more uh, charitable, well, then suddenly a lot of people start to come and ask you for money, huh? <laughs> yeah, or, or help, or you may think, ah, let me, hmm, or after listening to a talk about the Buddha's past life, how he had endured the 500 ants biting him to death. I think, hmm, ends, big deal, you know. Uh, I shall practice patience and tolerance, kanti, uh, paramita, uh, and so on. <laughs> oh, uh, without even saying it out, next thing you know, uh, even super kind will you. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the uh, important thing is really how we face the challenges in our life. 
sometimes some devotees ask me uh, they have been uh, praying to the Buddha doing offerings, doing chanting for so many years why do they still have to face sickness? and of course if you get a flu, nobody question Buddha yeah? when, you have, when you have a headache or you have flu, do you question Buddha? Hey, Buddha I offer water every day, you know. What is this? <laughs> huh? Can we have a? Can I have five minutes then to have a discussion? <laughs> yeah, but if you, <clears throat> if like some of my students, you actually um, receive the news from a doctor that you have cancer, we, you may start to question. I have the privilege of uh, sharing and teaching some students who have gone through cancer and the interesting thing is that they, they come through it stronger in their faith stronger in their practice yeah. in fact uh, in some of the sessions I, I feel I feel more troubled than them they are like you know taking it easy and, and almost like laughing and not that I'm crying or anything but I was a bit concerned and especially one of them who went into remission and after a year plus then there was a relapse yeah, colon cancer now he has gone through a second round of chemo and it's like and this is what he told me he said after the the the, the, uh, the whole process uh, he's grateful that because of the cancer he, he got him to think yeah, I should spend more time on to, to explore life and actually because of the, the cancer then it compelled him to want to learn the, the teachings and then he told me that he has made a pact with Tisang Pusa well, how many of you have made pact with Buddha or the Bodhisattvas? he made a pact with, with Tisang Pusa he said he's ready to go anytime but if Tizang Pusa feels that he has he, he has any more use in, in this life, he's willing to stay. But if Tizang Pusa wants to assign him to any other world, he's ready to go. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> oh, when I heard him say that, I'm like, wow. I wonder how many monks can say that. <laughs> I never thought about this though. I guess maybe because I've never really faced life-threatening circumstances yet as a monk but once in a while when I fall sick I will, I will sort of think ah, maybe I'll die this time <laughs> not being morbid but to consider yeah, if I'm going to die what, what am I going to do? so whether it's our health or uh, whatever is going on in our life sometimes it doesn't go our way sometimes it can go terribly wrong being a Buddhist the Buddha don't say that oh you are Buddhist then you never fall sick the Buddha and his monks the Arahants they fall sick also Dr. Jivaka uh, attended to them likewise for the Bodhisattvas you don't say that oh, if you practice Buddhism, then you don't fall sick. Uh, in case if, if you hear of anyone with this mindset, what is wrong with this mindset? 
if you have this mindset, then you better pray that you don't fall sick. <laughs> because the moment you fall sick, you may lose faith. In this case, for a person to have faith in that way, it is having faith for the wrong reason. And subsequently, when they fall sick, they lose faith for the wrong reason as well. Yeah. I've seen um, numerous individuals. Yeah. So keep that in mind. Because the Bodhisattva path, well, the expectations is even higher. Now. So, where did we stop last? 25. First number? 25. 26, 25, 26. We finished 25. So, so we should be doing Did we manage to cover so much? Yeah. Oh, well done. <laughs> We are at verse 26. Yes. Okay, so we covered verse 25. Karan wei zi li, sang che wei nan fa, zen gui zi yuan xing, nan shen chen xin yu. Yeah, oh yeah, we explained this. Yes. So have you all done the exercise? Uh, every week I'll ask until you all feel compelled to even have one, one talk. Bum, or then this will become so much brighter, you know? And who knows, because of that thought, you may be more compelled to reach out to another person, and that person get touched by you, by your bodhicitta, and then the person may, even for just one instance, forego that self-cherishing thought, forego that habitual tendency to always just consider for themselves. And then it may spark, it, it may cause, compel that person to act in a selfless manner, you know, in a very pure, caring way towards others. And that in turn may spark another person. It's like MLM, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, Zheng <clears throat> The pain dispelling drug, this cause of joy, for those who wander through the world, this precious attitude, this jewel of mind, how shall it be gauged or quantified? So this verse, these verses so far is using different metaphors and parables to, to bring out how precious and how unique, how um, valuable, yeah, of how much benefit it is to sentient beings, yeah, which includes ourselves. Yeah. So in a way, to begin with, uh, this teaching is not for uh, common folks. Huh? But when I say common folks, I mean uh, uh, those who are not even ready to care for people around themselves. Yeah. Because so far, all the descriptions is about how you know how amazing it is that the person can care boundlessly and so on and so forth. So for a person, if a person is exactly not there, if a person is someone 
who is precisely still holding on to uh, their own possessions, their own being, and so on, yeah, uh, they find it difficult to comprehend all this. They find it difficult. But time and again, the verses is trying to highlight. No, no, no. no. It is of much value and benefit. 珍貴菩提心,眾生安樂音 the, the one thing that is common throughout for all sentient beings is that we all fear suffering, fear pain, and seek happiness. But, but while we want to have happiness, we want to have... Uh, here the word anla translated as joy. Uh, perhaps peace and joy may be better. Yeah, peace and joy may be better. Yeah. Or even just the word peace. Yeah. Uh, the joy arises from the peace. True joy can only arise when you have true peace. Yeah. A lot of things in this world can bring us joy, but. A lot of these things that can bring us joy uh, can cause us to have fear. You know? Yeah. So those kind of joy that arise from uh, those circumstances that don't give us peace, uh, they are not true sources of joy. Yeah. Because uh, it has the subtle uh, subtle fear and anxiety intertwined within it. Intertwined within it. The, uh, this bodhicitta, why is bodhicitta a, a true source, a true um, cause for, the, for this peace and happiness for sentient beings? Yeah, because Bodhicitta, mm, uh, it points towards a true liberation. It points towards a true liberation by, uh, by means of the truth. Uh, by means of the truth. It is not, uh, it's not giving you an alternative just as a backup or just as a temporary solution. There are many things that can bring people happiness. In the past, uh, I have this mindset, oh, must do this, uh, you must do this. But over the years, do what? Practice the Dharma, learn Dharma, must. <laughs> but over the years, I, I stopped saying that. Uh, not that I don't think it's true. <laughs> I, I definitely think it's true. But I start to appreciate that not everybody is ready for it. Yeah. I start to appreciate that uh, why the Buddha uh, do not go around compelling everybody. Why are you not a monk? Why are you not a nun? Huh? Why are you waiting for? Quick, quick. <laughs> yeah. uh, he urges those who are already ordained. Yeah. Uh, those who are ordained, brothers, those who are not ordained, the Buddha, indeed, if you look at the suttas, he gives slightly slightly varied instructions. To those who are already ordained, 
he gave very strong urgency. Yeah? He uh, even even admonished those who are monastics. Even if they just slept a bit, he, he, he would admonish them. But for Lei, uh, he did not do that. Yeah? Why? In fact, in one of the sutta, where uh, one of the very major uh, key lay devotee, he was passing away, he was unwell, so he asked for Venerable Sariputra to counsel him. So Venerable Sar Sariputra went over and then talked to him and asked him how he is, whether he is well, whether his illness is abating or not abating. And then after that, Venerable Sariputra asked him, consider this, is form permanent or impermanent? Then ask him, uh, of course he replied impermanent, then ask him, uh, is form that is impermanent subject to change? Uh, subject to change. Is form that is impermanent subject to change or subject to suffering? Uh, yes. Now, in that, that case, this physical form uh, that is impermanent subject to change, subject to suffering, is it worthwhile for you to consider, is it fit to be considered mine, me, or myself. Going through the five aggregates, form, feelings, perception, mental formations, and consciousness, uh, the Venerable Sariputra counseled that sick lay person. And after hearing it, he cried. Yeah. He cried. He, he told Venerable Sariputra that he has never heard this form of teaching before. Although he has been supporting the Buddha and the Sangha for so long. And then Venerable Sariputra actually replied saying that uh, it is because uh, for the lay uh, for the lay follower, the lay disciple, uh, you all didn't make the decision that you want to be enlightened. Yeah. That you are you still want to enjoy sensual pleasure. Uh, this was it. Whereas for the monastics, they have committed themselves full-time, they want to be enlightened. Yeah, so, hence that disparity. So he then, uh, well, he, he then uh, gave this, uh, or, or made this appeal, saying, uh, please convey this appeal to the Buddha. There are those lay people who also have little dust in their eyes. And they can understand this teaching, this teaching that points towards the supramundane truth. Yeah, out of compassion uh, for the lay, uh, please uh, appeal to the Buddha that he also teach this to the lay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's why today, you know, in, in, in today's society, <coughs> Lay people can listen to all kinds of teachings, uh, yeah. uh, but uh, sometimes when this kind of teachings are given, then you find that uh, it's not so popular. <laughs> uh, people attend, listen. Uh, yeah. This is I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> then they don't come. So, uh, 
because because Bodhicitta uh, points towards the truth, towards the ultimate reality, compels. It is. It has such uh, qualities. Yeah, when a person embodies Bodhicitta or gives rise to Bodhicitta, uh, the person has much kindness. Yeah, towards all sentient beings. Yeah, because then the being, the person who has Bodhicitta would truly seek the true happiness for all sentient beings, not temporary ones, yeah, not temporary ones. So it's considered to be the cause of peace and happiness of sentient beings. Mm. Yeah, and then and the, uh, and the translation is like, it's like the pain-dispelling draft. Yeah, pain-dispelling draft. Yeah, so then it says, the merit of having such qualities. How can you measure it? How can you measure it? Yeah. Uh, this reminds me of the four immeasurables. Earlier on, uh, one of the sister, uh, brother and sister uh, told me about the retreat they just went today. Uh, the teaching was given on the four immeasurables, the first two of the four immeasurables. The four immeasurables are known as four immeasurables because the the target the target of your of this quality is immeasurable. When you have loving kindness or love, you don't just target it towards your loved ones, towards those who are nice to you. The person scolded me. No no <laughs> compassion for you. Person always disagree with me. Uh, no compassion for you. The person I don't know who that is, uh, or maybe the person is uh, not the same race as you. For whatever reasons, yeah. the four immeasurables is uh, is extended boundlessly yeah, to extend and encompass immeasurable uh, sentient things. Now, then you consider four immeasurables is like this much more bodhicitta yeah. uh, and the core of bodhicitta is that it encompasses all sentient beings hence the merit how can you measure the merit yeah how can you measure the merit last week yes uh, yes uh, merit You ask and then I see whether it's a good time. Uh, <laughs> what exactly is Bodhicitta? Oh, no, no, no. Uh, okay, maybe some of us may need a refresher also. What is Bodhicitta? Uh, Bodhicitta is the, is the mindset, is the aspiration to attain enlightenment. Uh, in order to liberate all sentient beings. And here specifically Buddhahood. Yeah. Specifically Buddhahood. When I in the past when I learned about uh, the teachings in, in secondary school arcade, I didn't think about that, oh, 
when you attain Buddhahood, it is for what purpose? Yeah. Uh, I just thought, Buddha, Buddha? Buddha is highest one. Uh, then later on, I heard from some uh, friends who practice the Tibetan uh, lineage, and then they mentioned about how uh, the, those who strive towards Buddhahood strive to attain Buddhahood in order to liberate all sentient beings. Uh, but maybe because I have not attended much, so much talks, I attended, I would say, quite a good number of talks, but I haven't heard this said in the Chinese tradition. So I always thought that this is a Tibetan idea. But in the past few years, when I went through the Avatamsaka Sutra, the, late, the last 60, 65 chapters, uh, this is actually inside the sutra. Why? Because it describes the Bodhicitta as, or it describes Buddhahood as the fruit of the Bodhi, Bodhi tree. Uh, not the actual Bodhi tree, it's, uh, it's a metaphor that uh, the, uh, the practice itself towards Buddhahood is like the tree. Yeah. Bodhisattva path is like the tree. Yeah. And then it results in the various fruits. The roots itself, <laughs> the roots is sentient beings. Such a metaphor given inside the sutra. That Buddhahood has its, uh, is the fruits from Bodhi tree, which has its roots, which is in this case represented by sentient beings. Without sentient beings, in other words, there's no Buddha. Yeah. Well, this really, I mean, uh, the, the, the whole dimension about Buddhahood changes so drastically. Uh, in the past few years, when I conduct classes on Heart Sutra, I start to appreciate this statement much better as well. Because if you think about it, Stepping out of religion, out of Buddhism, can a teacher say that he wants to be a teacher, but he don't care about students? You cannot study and learn and become a teacher apart from students. You are not a teacher without students. Can a doctor say he study and get a doctor doctor's degree, get a, a medicine degree, and then? say he is not going to treat any patient. If you don't treat any patients, you are not practicing medicine. In which case, then you are effectively not a doctor. You are only doctor by name. Isn't it? Uh, so, uh, there's this term called Fu Shi. Fu Shi. Uh, what is Fu Shi? You know Fu Shi? Big enough? Not big enough. Huh? <laughs> yeah. 
So literally, let me translate. Literally means Buddha matter. Too small, huh? The screen is not big enough. If it's not big enough, you need to. You shouldn't come to my class. You should go and see an optician. <laughs> yeah. So very quick one. This term is very interesting because uh, when I was younger, when I hear of this term, it means someone died, you go and invite monks, you go and do chanting. Uh, this is the common parlance, you know, uh, that people use to describe in the invitation to ask monks to come and do chanting. Uh, but as I learned the, the teachings, then I realized that actually this is uh, in a way a misuse of the term. What is Buddha matters? What does it mean to do Buddha matters? Yeah, in the Theravada tradition, there's something called Dhamma Dutta. Yeah. Dhamma Dutta. Yeah, it means do Dhamma work. Do Buddha matters is similar to that. When we say a person is doing Buddha matters, it means he's liberating sentient beings. And it's not limited to doing chanting. But it also means that when the monks come to do chanting, it is not just... You know, it's not just that, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, the Bodhisattvas, they are also doing Buddha methods. Yeah. They are doing that also. So if you if you realize this, then it means that whenever any any enlightened ones arise as a Buddha, he must be doing the work of liberating sentient beings. So by definition, huh? So I try. How is that abstract? Do you mean to say do you mean to say that it's so difficult to do? Difficult and abstract is two different things. Huh? Liberate sentence pain? Huh? <laughs> why why how how is it difficult to consider? To know what the, is the right thing to do is it means that it's difficult to do. Yeah, doesn't mean that it's doesn't mean that it's a abstract thing. Huh? Liberate from suffering, no liberate from what? Huh? Yeah. But it's a good point, uh, because oftentimes we, because in the Buddhist circle, we sometimes are so used to distance, you know. See it all, see it all, liberate, liberate, nibbana, nibbana. But then, um, sometimes when you really sit down and ask people, so what does it mean by nibbana? Well, they can tell you uh, five minutes, uh, but never talk about suffering. When you say she has this question, what do you mean by liberate? I, I mean, I, I do look stunned because I was really stunned. Like, what, what do you mean by? <laughs> yeah. It's a good question, actually. Yeah, because Buddhist Sattva, yeah, the, the, the goal is that you 
seek to improve yourself such that you have the wisdom and the means, the ability to help others become enlightened. And when you say become enlightened, it means to be able to see the truth to the degree such that you relate to this world uh, differently. In what way? In a way that doesn't result in craving and attachment. And hence, end of suffering. And that is basically, in a nutshell, liberation. But you should be correct. Any of you will be correct to say that yeah, okay, having known that that is the process, even to do it yourself is not tr a trivial process. Yeah, much more uh, to help someone do it. In fact, the Buddhas cannot really help us do it. They can only show us how to do it. They can encourage us how to do it. They can give us tips on how to do it, but we must still do it ourselves. That's the bummer that's the part about Buddhism. <laughs> But at the same time, it is the upside about Buddhism. Because it means that you don't have to please anyone. Your liberation depends solely on yourself. You don't need to please Sifu or Buddha to be enlightened. You know what I mean? You don't have to get into my book, good books. Wow, Sifu must favor you, then you can get enlightened. No need. You can call your Sifu, but you can still be enlightened. <laughs> yeah? But of course, if you quarrel due to your own defilement, then <laughs> your defilement is what stops you. Not that Sifu stop you from enlightenment, you understand? Yeah, so this is both the, the bane and the boon, boon of Buddhism. Yeah? If you are a person who, who is used to being so-called taken care of by people, that means people uh, you know, will do you favor and stuff like that, then Buddhism may not be your cup of tea. You may find Buddhism, ayah, how come don't give chance one? <laughs> yeah? Yeah, how come there's no shortcuts? You know? Yeah. Buddhism is not for everyone, but I have come to realize and accept that. As Bhante Dhammaratana uh, once said, he said, Buddhism is for those who are more mature, ready to take on responsibility of their own actions, ready to be responsible for their own happiness. I thought he put it so beautifully, without insulting anybody. <laughs> also, thank you for asking that. Although it did kind of blow me away just now, I was like, huh? No, 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 please continue to ask this question. Yeah, it is what online is called the, uh, tell me like I'm five. Yeah, tell me like I'm five. Not that you are fine. <laughs> yeah. But there's this phrase, have you heard of this phrase? Or teach me or, or tell me. Uh, tell me like I'm fine. No, sorry, wrong, wrong one. Uh, tell me like I'm fine. Five. Sometimes we can't tell. Tell. I tell. Tell me. Yeah, something like that. Or teach like I'm five. I think T L I F. T L I five. Something like that. Some short form, and it basically means uh, to explain it in the simplest way. Uh, in the simplest way possible. 
So, so, so uh, this is to highlight that if you all have any questions, don't bring it to your deathbed. <laughs> okay? Yeah, if you have any questions, just ask. We are among friends. Yeah? Uh, yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for asking. Yeah, last time, uh, you, you may wonder, and some people may, may comment and say, wow, Sifu is so Sifu or whatever. But actually, it's not. Last time, I used to ask my mother a lot of questions. So, I'm getting the karma. <laughs> last time, my mom used to say, like, when I asked her until she cannot answer, then she would say, like, next time when you have kids, then you know. <laughs> then I become among no more kids, right? uh, but I have disciples. <laughs> yeah. Disciples, I have more disciples than kids. Most people have kids. Uh. So, yeah. But it's a good thing. Because when I find that over the years, uh, it's many times through the questions that really help me to uh, know how, how well I actually know or to, to help me uncover a blind spot that I may not have thought of. Yeah. So, uh, okay, where are we? Mm. This is Jing, huh? Right? Jing Si Li Zhong Shen, Fu Shen Gong Zhu Fu, He Kuang Qing Jing Jing, Li Le Zhu Yu Qing. For if the simple thought, to be of help to others exceeds in worth the worship of the Buddhas. What need is there to speak of actual deeds that bring about the will and benefit of beings? <clears throat> yeah, so, uh, if you just have a simple thought, that means, and without acting on it, uh, here this is the contrast, saying that if you just have a thought to help sentient beings, the merit surpasses if you were to do offering to the Buddha. You know? The Buddha himself, when he saw this monk, uh, I think he had uh, sentry or leprosy, um, and nobody took care of him. So he called Ananda to prepare some water and asked him, asked Parabha Ananda, like, why is he left alone in his quarters and like, you know, nobody taking care of him. So Varabha Ananda told the Buddha that he was not uh, amiable to others. Yeah? He's very, like, his words are very sharp and he don't offer, I think the key thing is that he don't offer services to others. So because of that, nobody feel compelled to, to serve him when he's sick. Uh, it's very interesting uh, when you read about this, that Usually we have this this romantic idea. Oh, in the heydays of the Buddha's time, everybody is floating around, you know, oh, with you know, like so brilliant, either very wise or so kind, compassionate. Yeah, but this is from the Sutta. Yeah, not that the monks are not kind or compassionate, but they are very human, just like us. <laughs> 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 oh, <that dear. laughs> so, uh, 
to wish, even despite that, the Buddha said no. So he he asked for water and then clean clean that monk himself. And after that, assemble all the monks and address the monks. He who served the sick served the Buddha. He who served the sick should also serve us. He who served the Buddha should also serve the sick. If you encounter someone who is sick, yeah, then you say, Oh, no, no, I must go to do puja. I have no time to serve the sick. Oh, yeah. Then you are, not, you are going against the very teachings that you recite. And the Buddha said, Serve he who serves the sick, serve the Buddha. Not so easy. When uh, when our parents, that that is a Chinese saying that when the parents are sick for a prolonged period, hard to have filial piety uh, persist. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned to uh, to Louis and Orange that when I was uh, undergoing through training, uh, when I was in university with Shanyo. We were not assigned to look to, to counsel sick patients immediately. Yeah. Out of the maybe 20 odd, five of us were, were chosen to take on actual cases. Uh, I was initial, initially assigned to handle delinquents. Then after about maybe one or one and a half years or so, then I was assigned sick patients. Then later, chronically ill patients. Yeah. Not everybody can handle it. It is me uh, mentally, uh, how do I put it, uh, depressing to say the least. Yeah. Not that the person is depressing, uh, but we, we, it, it, it pains us. Yeah. So unless you are able to handle that, yeah, uh, it may be challenging. But sometimes you have no choice. Maybe it's your parents. You can say, I don't go and volunteer outside. But how about your parents? Maybe it's not our parents, maybe it's your loved ones. Uh, in the Bodhisattva teachings, there are a lot of a lot of practices to help us overcome this. Uh, yeah. So uh, keep this in mind. Uh, keep this in mind. Don't rush out. Uh, don't after this class, wow, tomorrow immediately call up all the hospice. Can I go and volunteer? <laughs> then Monday volunteer in in Mount Adonia. Tuesday go to Bright Hill, the, 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 the Bright Hill Evergreen Home, then after that go to Bright Vision, go all over the place. Uh, uh, don't, uh, do what you can. Uh, do what you can. Okay? So here it says, if you even have this thought to help sentient beings, it surpasses that of uh, uh, offering to all the Buddhas. Uh, then, what more? What more if you are to practice with diligence the actual deeds yeah, to, to benefit sentient beings. Earlier on, we mentioned about two kinds of bodhicitta. Can you remember? Can you remember the two kinds of bodhicitta? Uh, yes, you can. Second one, somebody else? Can you remember? Action. Action. Yeah? Uh, two levels. The 
bodhicitta at these two levels. Intent, which is just having, ah, I want to help. And second one, the actual help. So, if you currently can only have the intent, good, have the intent. Yeah. Similarly, if you encounter someone who keep on talking about doing charity but haven't do charity, sometimes our natural response is, <laughs> right? Say only. Uh, you only say it. Yeah, you say so well. Never do. Yeah. But sometimes, last time I also feel that way, you know, and I'm pretty sure I may have even like passed some snipe remark. But over the years I start to observe and think very deeply and I realize, no no no. Oh, must be careful, you know. Must not discourage them from having this kind of empty talk. Yeah, but should look at it in a positive way and try to encourage them to say, wow, you're, you're such a kind person to have such thoughts. Yeah. And then to find ways to encourage them, to nudge them towards carrying out those deeds. I, I remember once one student came to see me and uh, after the class and then commented that uh, her mother, is it mother? I think mother. Uh, tend to have this, you know, uh, like, or a lot of talk about what the teachings are, but her own practice is, uh, <laughs> yeah. So then she, she said that, somebody oh, better tell her off. So I said, no, no, that at least your mother can talk about it. <laughs> yeah. And after talking, I, I sometimes wonder, now I sometimes wonder, Maybe, maybe for those of us who have been, who are doing actual practices, yeah, of kindness and so on, maybe we have been talking for many lives, you know, then finally now we can do it. Yeah. yeah. So, why should we discourage people from talking? Yeah, we should encourage them. Ah, very good. Wow, you are able to, to describe all the different ways of helping people. <laughs> So, uh, wow, this, is, this line is so, like really poke you, I don't know whether it poke you, it poke me. Uh. <laughs> For beings long to free themselves from misery, but misery itself they follow and pursue. They long for joy, but in their, in their ignorance, destroy it as they would a hated enemy. Sentient beings, I mentioned earlier, sentient beings have these characteristics. We fear pain, we, we, uh, we, we bounce towards suffering, we want to be rid of suffering. So sentient beings desire removing suffering. But what But in the end their actions, when they do take actions in pursuit of happiness, in pursuit of removing suffering, in the end they plant the very cause of suffering. They plant the very cause of suffering. Wow. And why? 
So the first part is about uh, removing suffering. The second part is about pursuit of happiness. Yiren, a foolish person. Here, it just talks about ignorance in the translation. But in the Nikayas, uh, you see that the Buddha occasionally, he will say, you foolish man, uh, or you foolish monk. Since when did the Tathagata say that it's okay to do this or to do that? So these foolish people, although they pursue happiness, however, what do they do in, in the end? They destroy happiness, they destroy joy, as though they would uh, an enemy, yeah? a hated enemy. Uh, is there an enemy that you don't hate? Enemy, of course, you hate. <laughs> Maybe it is an emphasis. Why is this so? Why is this so? This is something worthwhile for us to reflect. Yeah. Uh, when we we should first reflect how what kind of suffering are we uh, suffering over? What causes us? What brings us suffering? When do we suffer? Is there a pattern to our suffering? There's an exercise that I started giving students since 2007 or 8. Uh, the first time I gave it was over, I think, Vesak Day, yeah, in the midst of the Singapore Buddhist Federation Dharma classes. And it was basically a daily worksheet. In the daily worksheet, you note down uh, if you have done your practices. I have also shared this at SGC, yeah, the daily exercises. Part of it is what practices you have done. Then the second part is whether you have, uh, how do you feel today? Yeah. Uh, are you happy? Are you sad? And have you been off? Uh, I think there's a part about, uh, is there anything to be grateful? Have you helped anybody? Something like that. So if you do it regularly, over time, you may you don't need to see a psychiatrist or counselor mm. or therapist. You know, you you, you see your own chart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, you can see your own own chart. How happy are you every day? And then you, you may want to just write down one line. What are you happy over? Uh, in a very short few words. What are you sad or angry about? And don't try to give more than uh, oh, I'm suffering because of greed, hatred, and delusion. <laughs> Who don't know? <laughs> of course, yeah. But really ask yourself, what are the circumstances? First ask yourself, what are the circumstances? Then ask yourself, how are you involved in the whole process? We usually jump in and think, that person caused me to be upset. It's because I didn't get the pay raise it's because my my son didn't listen to me. It's because of uh, this friend who did this to me. It's because of that person. It's always about somebody else. Now, we don't say that those are not uh, supporting conditions. Those are supporting conditions. But the question is, to ask the next question, how are we involved? Because usually we just stop there. We are totally helpless. 
<laughs> innocent bystander. Yeah, we are suffering for nothing. That's why there's so much injustice in so many people. Yeah. We always think that we we are faultless, we are blameless. Sometimes we are. Okay, I don't say that we are always at, at fault. Sometimes we are. Yeah. But part of it is that we are we are still involved in some ways. We may not be directly involved in the outcome, but maybe we are involved with the consequences of the outcome, that we don't like the outcome. If you're okay with the outcome, then nothing can affect you. That's my therapy, isn't it? Trump election. Oh. Yeah. Trump election. Well, United States is still around, Singapore still exists, so it's not so bad after all. <laughs> so, uh, if you were to do the exercises and you... Uh, where was I? What was the last thing I was talking about? No, uh, yeah, yeah, that's the last thing, very good point. Then before that, before the Trump, uh, they were happy or not happy. So uh, this this exercise help us to do uh, a self introspection and analysis. And I've shared many times to different students about how if you are to plot it out, you may then start to see a pattern. You may start to see a pattern that ah, whenever this happens, you get upset. Or on certain days of the week, ah, you get you get stressed. Yeah, especially for those who are working in uh, high stress environment, then you may find that on certain days of the week, you are super stressed. Yeah, uh, or maybe the day before that, you are super stressed. Now, knowing that doesn't mean that you can immediately solve it but at least then you can have an inkling on where to start yeah, on where to start sometimes sometimes you may not immediately even have an answer yeah, but having that initial awareness oh, that's very crucial so uh, Buddhism at the end of the day is really about it's really about learning more about ourselves. Yeah. When we learn Dharma, it's not about learning something outside of us. It's about learning about ourselves. And sometimes it can be quite a painful process to look inside ourselves, to face ourselves. Both our strengths and weaknesses, both our qualities and our flaws, yeah. to be able to say, yeah, this is who I am. You have a which question? Ah, self introspection question. Ah, okay. Uh, those who are interested in that that exercise, you have right. Uh, maybe y'all can just text us. You can send y'all the, the the. I think. Uh, same. Angry, 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 angry.
与诸法乐者，多苦诸众生，足以众安乐，断彼一切苦。But those who feel who who are filled with bliss, but those who feel with bliss, all beings destitute of joy, who cut all pain and suffering away. From those weighed down with misery, so this is uh, the earlier verses. That is for those who are not enlightened, uh, you know, the average sentient being. Uh, here, uh, I believe this part should be talking about those with bodhicitta. Yuju fa le zhe, yeah. So kui fa. Lacking, lacking in in joy, lacking in happiness. Toku chu chong sen, those sentient beings that has much suffering. Chu yi chong an le, it's enough to to have this thought, to have to give give them all the various peace and happiness, and tuan di yi chie fu, and to Find a way to eradicate all that suffering. In the teachings on love and compassion, then it says, if you encounter a sentient being without happiness and without suffering, then give rise to loving kindness. Loving kindness and compassion are actually. Very intertwined. In a way, we can say that it is goodwill towards others. Yeah, wish for others to have well-being. But different people are at different states. So some sentient beings, they don't have happiness, but they are also not suffering, or not significantly suffering. Then in which case, that that goodwill, that kindness. Arise in the form of loving kindness, to wish for that person to have happiness. If you encounter a being who has suffering, then you don't have to talk about his happiness. Really, happiness and suffering they don't arise together. If a being is suffering, cannot be happy. So if you encounter some being who is suffering, and if you have good will towards that being, then quite naturally to give rise to. Compassion, which is to remove that suffering. This verse here, this verse here has that flavor. To those who is lacking in joy and those who have suffering, they can be overlapping. They can be different groups. Yes. Six realms, six realms, heavenly realms, asura, human. You are writing right, okay? Then animal, hungry ghost, and hell.
So, uh, as I mentioned, verse 28 are those who, if, who are uh, without bodhicitta, the typical person. Yeah? Uh, sentient beings go through samsara, birth and death, birth and death. Want to be free of suffering, want to have happiness, but end up sowing the seeds of pain. Try to pursue happiness, but end up destroying the very happiness they seek. But for the for those with bodhicitta, uh, then seeing beings without much happiness or is lacking in happiness, uh, wish to provide them with all kinds of peace and happiness. Yeah. Seeing that they have much suffering. Seeing that they have much suffering, uh, wish to eradicate all suffering. I like what uh, Dalai Lama uh, is said to have said. Uh, he says, I think he said that because I think I saw a video. And he said, uh, if you cannot have uh, kindness towards others, if you cannot help others, at least don't add on to their suffering. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, at least look at it. And also there's something. To me, this, this statement itself speaks a lot about this understanding of human condition. That sometimes in our own deluded state, we, we, like in this class, we are, we are considering well, how to have bodhicitta. Yeah? Uh, previous weeks, Louis was Louis is not here today. Louis was still asking like, "What is is this too high for me?" You know. Uh, but for many people, they don't even think about bodhicitta. <laughs> They're thinking, "Oh, that person don't give me face. I must let that person." <laughs> yeah, so when the Dalai Lama say that, uh, I feel that uh, he knows human uh, uh, condition very well human condition that we have a we have this potential as long as we are not enlightened as long as we have not given rise to bodhicitta we may sometimes have the wish to hurt others no matter how subtle that hurt is we may not uh, go and do it ourselves but we may have this thought of hoping that the person <laughs> uh, get in trouble so here, this is quite different from uh, Bodhicitta. You must seek to uh, remove the suffering, you know, give happiness. Uh, there's one part about the suffering which uh, I want to highlight also from the earlier verses about suffering. When we reflect on suffering and we point it towards ourselves, when I'm in the, in the long, the sub-commentary, it explains this. I was so happy because this is, yeah, this is what I thought it should be. When you uh, do reflection on impermanence, on suffering, yeah, and you reflect on your yourself, then it gives rise to renunciation. Yeah, to point towards uh, liberation. But when you do this same reflection and look outwards, it gives rise to compassion. Uh, it gives rise to compassion. It's the same blade. 
depends on how you cut it. Yeah. Not to go and cut people, lah. or maybe we should say the same length. Yeah. When you look at yourself, you realize you have suffering. Yeah. Then it compels you to be liberated. But don't keep on looking at yourself. That's why some students, when they come to see me, the exercise I give them is go and, I, I mentioned, right? Now go and care for others. Because when you see others suffering, um, then compassion arrives, bodhicitta arrives. So here,
Yeah, sometimes even almost like with sarcasm, you know. <laughs> yeah. Why? Because so many times I have I when I uh, when I encounter some devotees, some of them may be may even be in was holding senior position in the committee of a this this Buddhist organization or that temple or multiple. So there was once one of them, you know, we have a casual chit chat. Out of genuine concern, I, I wasn't trying to dig for things to insult people uh, as much as sometimes I can be quite. <laughs> but so I asked, like, hey, so how, how many children do you have? Two, two sons. Uh, uh, then I asked, like, so uh, also your, your son also come from the center? Yeah, it's, and this is quite a big center in Singapore. Then I said, ah, no, no. It's one thing to say no lah. You know what one of them actually told me? Uh, actually, uh, this must be said in Chinese. Uh, I, uh, actually, Fu Tang, Jiao Tang are all also teaching people to be good. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, get me. <laughs> you understand Fu Tang, Jiao Tang? But you also know, <laughs> yeah. From the response, basically, Fu Tang means Buddhist temple. Yeah, Jiao Tang means church. So, so the person said, Fu Tang Jiao Tang. Ah, same lah. Actually, same. It's okay lah. Well, same, same. Then why are you here? <laughs> same. You wrong. <laughs> so some some parents will tell me that, no, Sufu, kids nowadays, new generation, I have to give them freedom. You know what I tell them? In case if anybody, any of you ever want to tell me, don't tell me this. Huh? I tell them, give them freedom. Do you give them freedom to study or not study? Do you give them tuition, uh, uh, freedom to go for enrichment class or not? Do you give them the freedom to, to go for tuition or not to tuition? In so many other areas, parents don't give their children any any choice at all, no freedom. But when it comes to religion, oh, I must have freedom. So I told them, I said, it's not a wrong thing to give our, ch our child freedom. But freedom is like voting, you know, like yesterday, is it yesterday? Or two days ago? Donald Trump? Oh, already two days. <laughs> it's yesterday. Yesterday, right? Not, not two days ago, nah, yesterday. Oh, Oh, it was on 9 one one huh? On Wednesday, right? Wednesday, yeah. Yeah, 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 two days ago. Wow, time flies, huh? Oh, we're still alive. No more watering. So, whether it's US voting or our voting, when you go to vote, surely you want to vote intelligently, make an informed choice, isn't it? Yeah? Even when you want to go and have a meal, uh, okay, like in Singapore, sometimes food court, we just anyhow find the shortest queue. Huh? <laughs> yeah. But even that has an informed choice, isn't it? You want to see, open your eyes and see, ma. you don't just go inside and, and ask your friend and just bring me somewhere and order. <laughs> then uh, you go to the counter and then the auntie say, uh, What do you want? Uh, anything. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I, I ever ordered in this way. When I was working in Suntech, 
across the Nikko Highway, then they have a vegetarian store there. So at some point, I told myself, yeah, I don't, I want to practice like non-attachment to whatever. So I told them, uh, hey, how much was it? Uh, maybe three fifty or four dollars. So I said, uh, four dollars. Anything you choose. And the person. <laughs> Huh? <laughs> as much as I say that, the person said, the cat can. <laughs> but when it comes to voting or in our everyday life, we, we, we would choose, isn't it? And we want to choose with an informed, make an informed decision. So, likewise for religion, you cannot force a person to be a Buddhist, trust me. You cannot, but you cannot. Yeah, you can force a person to come to the temple. The person can come, can even go through the refuge taking ceremony. But in the heart, if the person don't connect, don't connect. Yeah, the person is, in a way, not a Buddhist. Just by form, just by when you were filling up the form, Buddhist religion take years. Yeah. Other than that, for all intents and purposes, not a Buddhist. So I've been encouraging parents. If you have a child, if you consider yourself a Buddhist, meaning that you are a disciple of the Buddha, then why should you not at least let your child be exposed to the very religion that you subscribe to? So that in future, in due time, when your child is old enough to make a decision, then your child can decide knowing what he is choosing. Because there are, I know of many others who are more than eager tell your child about what Buddhism is. And trust me, he's not telling them the truth. <laughs> why not? Huh? Sorry? Why not? why not tell the truth? Why not? Why they don't tell the truth? Uh. We're going to ask them, don't ask me. <laughs> but if there's anything, any guess to go by, uh, well, I don't know. Maybe they don't want them to know the truth. Kill <laughs> <laughs> huh? them to the temple. Roran, Chowan, Sang Tie, Sang Kwang Tie, Sang Tie, Sang Tie, Ying Chen Zhan. Kwang, Her Kwang, sorry, I'm sometimes a bit. If they do some good in thanks for favors once received are praised. Why need we speak of Buddhism? Those who freely benefit the world. Now this part is in connection with the next section, I believe. Now so uh, <clears throat> so even those when they do help you with the expectation that you must thank them. The first line is about that. Yeah. Uh, then, but even then, you should praise them. Huh? You should thank them, you should praise them. Yeah. Because they, at least they still help people. Yeah. So much more, those Bodhisattvas who do it willingly without you even asking, yeah. that they would, uh, they would, uh, on their own, Try to help you on their own. Try to help you in the Bodhisattva vows. There's one vow that says, 
uh, a bodhisattva should not wait for others to ask them for help. Yeah. It says, if you know that someone needs help, you must quickly go and render it. So that the person don't have to face the like awkwardness of asking for help. Wow. So so much consideration, you know. Yeah. It's not about oh that person need help. Wow, I quickly go and help. I have married. <laughs> not about that, you know. It's that you quickly render help so that the person is not do not have to go through that awkwardness to ask for help. There's so, so many layers. You're helping the person, you still want to make that person feel good. Those who scornfully with condescension give just once a single meal to others, feeding them for only half a day, are honored by the world as virtuous. This is connected to the next verse. 何況恆施於無邊有行眾善事無上樂滿彼一切願。So the these two verses are linked together. The first one is about how even if a person were to prepare uh, inferior food, yeah, and even just to give, uh, like just give very little, yeah, to very few individuals, and even then. To feed them enough just for half a day. Yeah? Uh, even then, such a person we say, wow, you is a virtuous person. Yeah? Last time I uh, I hear I hear of how my uh, my grandfather from one side is it my grandfather or your grandfather? <laughs> give up food. Give up food. 
without rhymes and all those things. Your akong or my akong. Your akong. Uh, but because by the time my, my akong, the family wealth already gone. <laughs> so your akong, right? Uh, so last time. Huh? My taikong. Uh, not taikong. Uh, grand, great grandfather. Yeah, my great grandfather. I heard about how my great grandfather uh, would uh, would actually give up rhymes to the village to the people. Wow, so amazing! Then in the movies, wow, this is what you hear in the you watch in the movies. Oh, wow, my great great grandfather. Wow. Uh, here is saying that even if you just give half. Uh, Enough to just feed them for half a day, you're considered virtuous. Uh, that's my mo my mo mother's side. My father's side. <laughs> After the class, maybe I get a scolding from my mother. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. You don't know. One. After class, every time I get. <laughs> 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 no, but but I'm very I'm very grateful to my mother for always telling me. Yeah. Last time I told her I said, uh, don't. Uh, it's a long story, so I just tell the the part that is relevant. I told her, you must remember, your uh, <clears throat> today, uh, your son since young, if you are not reasonable, your son would willingly go hungry uh, and not not speak to you to collect pocket money yeah, than to speak to you because you are not reasonable. So our son is like that. Uh, so, but you are my mother. You and father have a duty, it's your responsibility. If ever I do wrong, even in future, when I have finished my studies and I'm working and I'm paying for the bills and I'm actually taking care of the household, if I do wrong, you must still tell me off. It is your duty. If you fail to do that, you have failed your duty. Crazy son. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so my my uh, I wanted to talk about my grandfather actually my father's side because my, I've heard from them before that uh, in some ways and I think I have briefly mentioned in SGC about my grandfather that I heard that my grandfather Hokkien we say but you must listen to the whole story, otherwise later I get stupid again. <laughs> so the, the first thing is that it seems like he don't really take care of the family. Yeah. Uh, and last time, common for people to be smoking opium. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe get stupid <laughs> But to me, I, I, I tell people, if, if people ask, I'll, I'll say. People don't ask, I'll say. <laughs> but there's a, because there's a teaching point. Yeah. Because for me, yeah, I cannot change the fact that my my grandfather is like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it, so what if I don't tell you? It's, the fact is that he is my grandfather. I have never seen him before, but he's such a person. I didn't think much about that though. Uh, I don't understand what it means to have a father or a father-in-law who spoke spoken. But at some point, I also heard another part about the, of the story, which is that my grandmother uh, has a hard time bringing up the whole family. So the part of the, the, the teaching point was that because the, the fact that my grandfather didn't take care so much, you know, so my grandmother really had a hard time. Uh, my mother would tell us things like that to 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 instill in us uh, piety and gratitude towards my grandmother because my grandmother is quite a tough love person, you know? quite a hard person. So not a very amenable person. Not not easy to like. Ah, I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> You know. Yeah, but my mom would tell us, and my father would would uh, endorse it and say, yeah, that's that's true. But later on, then there was an another part of the story that came about that during the war period, uh, my my. Because my grandfather didn't bring in much, so my my <coughs> grandma would actually get uh, make quick quick or whatever to sell. Yeah. But after making it, then he, she still must take care of the children. So ask my grandfather to go and sell. So later, oh, so she make ask my grandfather to sell. Then she go and wash clothes for people. Can you imagine how tough the life is? And then kids these days complain, oh, no chance to work, to go overseas or work or what. Right. Or, or, ah, so cool, I got this job, but I'm not sure that is what I want. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> what is what you want? <laughs> anyway, the, the, this, the, this, this very touching part about this story, this, this part of the whole process, which is that after my grandma finished washing, then come to look for my grandfather, then find that, hey, how come? There's so little money. Then, you know what happened? My grandfather said, No, nah, what time? Uh, people got no money, I give them away. <laughs> 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 that reminds me of my dad. I don't know whether to cry or to laugh or to. But last time when I heard it, I don't feel so much now. But in recent years, not that my mother every week come and tell me again, <laughs> but I would reflect about what has been told to me. And when I reflect, I'm like, one day I told my mom, she didn't bring it up, but one day I just told my mom, I said, I feel that in my heart, my grandfather is a Bodhisattva. Maybe not a grand Bodhisattva like Kwai Pusa, you know, but I feel that he has those qualities. <laughs> I don't know which Bodhisattva spoke of him. <laughs> so maybe he's not a high-grade Bodhisattva. <laughs> Yeah. So sometimes some people ask me like, does it mean that all Buddhist are Buddhists? 
Uh, yes and no, you know. When we say Buddhist, does it mean that they come to temple, pray, then they are Buddhist? Or does it mean that they are Buddhist in their action? Does it mean that they are Buddhist at all in their action? Yeah. I don't think I, I, I have never heard of my, my grandfather going to temple or whatever. But to me, when he's out in the streets helping people, or when he just gives freely, he's in the temple. Yeah. That is his temple. So, uh, so the first part about how even those who uh, give not that much is considered virtuous, then, 何况恒施于无边有行众善事无善乐满底一切愿 So, what need is there to speak of those who constantly bestow on boundless multitudes? the peerless joy of blissful Buddhahood, the ultimate fulfillment of their hopes. So, these two are verses that are intertwined, yeah, the comparison. If someone who just give a bit is considered virtuous, what more is there to say of those who uh, give, give to uh, boundless sentient beings yeah, and to actually uh, guide them towards the supreme enlightenment and in so doing fulfill all their hopes all their aspirations I would prefer to use aspirations than hopes because yeah. hope and wish can sometimes be like a very uh, passive kind of uh, process where you just hope on you hope yeah, but you don't have to do anything. Yeah. Huh? Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 If we just have the wish, but we don't act upon it, it's wishful thinking. But if you just chong without the proper aspiration, then you are charging blindly. Huh? Okay, 918. Uh, is it 918 or 922? 19. 19. Oh. I'll just change. <laughs> so both are correct. Okay. Any questions? Yes. Samadhi, uh, loosely speaking, it means uh, the development of a state of mind where it is tranquil, stable, and focused. Yeah. Typically, what we call uh, uh, the state of medi uh, the meditative state. Yeah. Typically, we refer to the meditative state as. Uh, and, but when we say samadhi, uh, it is not that the moment you sit like this, you are in samadhi. Samadhi would refer to when your mind is calm, stable, from moment to moment is, is stable. Yeah. Oh, how is it related to Dharma? Uh, good point. So, 
uh, in the process uh, of cultivation, first of all for yourself and then outwardly towards others. If a person is not able to develop uh, even rudimentary form of samadhi, then the person is still beset by a lot of gross active form of defilements. Further, the person would not be able to penetrate into the truth itself. In which case then, uh, even if you are able to like uh, keep the defilements at, at bay, you have not eradicated it. Which means that now you are okay, tomorrow not so sure. So, uh, having the having developed samadhi, then a person can progress uh, on his own, yeah, and give rise to true wisdom. With true wisdom, then you try to help others, uh, safer, better. Now, even if a person has not achieved enlightenment uh, with the aid of samadhi, uh, consider this. Have you ever gone to see a doctor and the doctor is very kanchong? Very few. Maybe if you go A and E, maybe a bit more kanchong. <laughs> I've ever gone to A and U, E quite you know, on your uh, last time. Uh, yeah, and now as a, as a monk, I would visit uh, patients and I go to the hospital once in a while to visit patients. And this is the one quality that I find very interesting. Almost all doctors, cool as a cucumber. <laughs> you, know, you go in, you see them, you just feel quite okay. <laughs> you know, they speak in a very um, controlled, very measured manner, yeah. very calming. Can you imagine if when you go and see a doctor, the doctor, oh, 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 you know, it's like when you go to the Zap Tai Giam, right? The uncle, I, I. Initially, you have one problem. When you leave, you have two problems. <laughs> so even without going to uh, the enlightenment portion, if a person can practice samadhi, he can be calmer here and now, and he may be able to relate to others better and to help them more effectively. So Samadhi in so many ways, yeah, beyond the scope of this uh, class, yeah, is helpful to us. Life go down, life on. Can you imagine if Sufu is like, don't usually talk in this way. If one day Sufu talk in this way, you know something went wrong. Overly stressed. Oh, uh. yeah. Yes, yes. You see? If, if, I, if the moment you say, I, you, know, if you don't know how to ask questions anymore. Yeah.
so that's that's a long term aspiration. So previously I gave you the exercise, the daily aspiration, uh, and it's something very, uh, in a way, very simple, uh, but not easy to do. Yeah, to have the aspiration, uh, may I be of benefit to to all? Then after that, consider how can I be of benefit to all or anyone for that matter. And in the second part, you can maybe fine-tune a bit to say, because you, you roughly know who you may encounter. Those who you encounter by chance, then it's play by ear. Uh, but if you are going to work, uh, and, or you are going to meet your friend, or you're going to, let's say, meet your relatives, then you can consider how can you be of service to them. Then at the end of the day, you do a reflection, how have I been of service to others? Uh, one, one thing that I, uh, suddenly, as I'm sharing, I thought of uh, one scenario. Do you all feel awkward when you meet your younger relatives? You may not feel awkward, but they may feel awkward with you. <laughs> uh, some of my, my students have shared with me about how when you reach a certain age, then it becomes quite tiresome or quite bothersome to go for family gathering. Because when you reach a certain age, and if you are still not married, then your relatives were, were always like, Hey, how are you? And maybe initially ask you about work, yeah, and then later on like, how go got go boyfriend with you? So I want I I heard this not just from one person but from many many individuals, many students. So I thought maybe you all don't have this difficulty. You know what are the things to talk to them about that will make make, make them feel comfortable and joyful, yeah. <clears throat> but you can also consider if whether yourself or others, sometimes quite naturally just pop, pop this up, you know, like, hey, go boyfriend. Uh, and you ask with the best intention. But actually that person don't feel so nice. Uh. Uh, so uh, think about it. Yeah, think about it. How else can you, what other topics are there to talk to them about? Uh, what other topics are there? Hey, uh, let me tell you, sometimes Sifu, uh, for Dharma talk is one thing. Sometimes some students ask me, hey, how do you prepare for a Dharma talk? Uh, sometimes you, the way I prepare is quite strange. I just, I, I don't write a script. I just think about a topic. On and off, I'll think about it. And I'll talk to people about a topic. Talk, 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 talk. Then let it grow inside faster. <laughs> then when I meet, when I have the talk, I just form it. <laughs> <laughs> So, but sometimes when I, uh, when I, some students may say, like, oh, like I openly tell people, I, I browse YouTube, yeah, I browse the Facebook and stuff. Why? Because if I, if I don't know what's in the mindset of the, the young people, when I talk to them, uh, they were like, oh, yeah, another old timer. <laughs> Immediately they will switch off. Uh. Yeah. So although I'm not on Snapchat, I know that some, there's something called Snapchat. 
do you know what is Snapchat? Uh, so that is part of the skillful uh, means uh, of the Bodhisattva. So when we talk about right speech, it's not just about not telling lies. It's about knowing, ah, with this person, what are the topics that will delight this person? Because if you, in the first five minutes, you cannot even make the person happy to talk to you. You want to talk about Dharma. First thing, hey, do you, are you going to temple or not? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, difficult. So sometimes I have to spend time to chit chat, chit chat, make the person comfortable, comfortable. Then after that, come on, come as you see. Okay, you can consider. Yeah, the first thing really like come as you see, come for what? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So go back. Uh, today is Friday. Yeah. Have a good weekend. Enjoy a weekend. Enjoy uh, being a Bodhisattva. Uh, that day, uh, last, last two weeks, someone asked me, uh, he has been chanting Buddha's name. Uh, initially, it was difficult. By now, it's very easy. Every day, 3,000 times. Uh, 3,000 is not that much. It's quite, quite doable if you commit yourself to do it. So then, he said that, now, although you can do it in one shot, like 45 minutes to an hour, but he find that uh, he, he's still troubled by whatever he's, he's facing. So I asked him, I said, how about throughout the day? Because I told him, now that you can do it one shot, now you should do it throughout the day. And then he's like, how oh, throughout the day? Then I told him, I said, because at a later stage, if you are practicing this, not that you all have to practice, but if you are practicing chanting, then it should it should go beyond the three thousand. Then you shouldn't think about how many times have I chanted already. Why? Then he looked at me, and I said, because at the later stage, you should have joy in the chanting. You must chant until you 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 feel joy in the chanting. If you meditate, you must meditate until you feel joy. When you learn Dharma, you must learn until you feel joy. When you attend Dharma classes, you must attend until you feel joy. Yeah. When you get scolded by Sifu, you must get scolded until you feel joy. <laughs> oh dear. When, when you practice Bodhisattva path, you must practice until you feel joy. Then you can be like the Bodhisattvas, tirelessly, life after life, life after life. You and Michelle, Sanzang, Chu Fan now. 愿消三藏诸法脑